Welcome to episode 14 of Murder We Write. I'm your host, Carol Goodman Kaufman. On this podcast, I talk with crime writers whose short stories and novels run the gamut from cozies to domestic thrillers. We'll learn from them about their craft, their process, and the business of writing. My guest today is author Roger Johns. A former corporate attorney and retired college professor, Roger is the author of the Wallace Hartman Mysteries. He's also the 2018 George Author of the Year in the Detective Mystery category, a two-time finalist for Killer Nashville's Silver Falchion Award, and runner-up for the 2019 Frank Yerby Fiction Award. His short fiction has been, or soon will be, published by a host of magazines, including the prestigious Saturday Evening Post, Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine, and Mystery Weekly Magazine. But there's so much more to his bio that I encourage you to look him up and buy his books. But let's dive right into our interview. Welcome to Murder We Write, Roger. Roger, you worked as a corporate attorney and a college professor. What drew you to writing fiction and mystery fiction in particular? Carol, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Uh, I've really been looking forward to doing this. Uh, To answer your question about uh, what drew me to writing fiction, I think that that has always been in my blood, and over the years I made uh, various attempts at trying to make something work, and for one reason or another, I was either distracted by my current occupation or I just couldn't seem to get things off the ground. Then uh, one day on the way to uh, class, I was teaching on international business transactions, an idea just popped into my head out of nowhere about, uh, I, I wondered why the cocaine cartels did their business the way they do it. And I thought to myself, I can think of a better way, a way that would be safer and easier and far more profitable and a lot less susceptible to uh, interference from others. And I did a little bit of research and discovered that the way I was thinking about was something that was not possible at the time, but it was something that could be possible uh, in the right hands and under the right circumstances. So my first book, Dark River Rising, which is the first of the Wallace Hartman mysteries, was based on the idea that someone had in fact discovered a way for the cocaine cartels to Uh, engage a new business model and of course anytime uh, the old way is shoved aside by the new way there is in the underworld uh, going to be a lot of blood spilled a lot of conflict and a lot of danger so that was the impetus for it and once I had that story under my belt it sort of opened the floodgates for me and uh, I've been working hard at it literally every day since then. So do you continue to take inspiration from your teaching career or from your work as a corporate attorney? And if so, can you give us another example? Well, I would say that my uh, teaching career uh, probably did not provide any additional inspiration, at least not for my novels. However, um, in my legal career, before I entered the corporate world, I was a law clerk for and then uh, briefly an associate with a small law firm in the town uh, in which my books are set, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. 
And when I was working for that firm, we did a lot of different kinds of cases, including a lot of uh, very interesting criminal cases. So I spent a lot of time uh, talking with uh, clients who were defendants. I spent a fair amount of time talking with clients who were defendants that were incarcerated and awaiting trial or some other advancement in the judicial process. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to prosecutors, and all of that experience gave me a, a really good look at how the nuts and bolts of the process works in terms of where police officers and prosecuting attorneys and judges and the accused uh, all interact in this. And in that first book, Dark River Rising, there are a few scenes in which that came in really handy. Uh, one of them in particular comes to mind right now, which was uh, an interrogation scene between uh, a man who turned out to be a very valuable informant. Uh, and it was done by the police officer, who is the main character, a woman named Wallace Hartman, who is the uh, homicide detective who is masterminding, so to speak, the case. Uh, that is the the main driver of the book. She was interviewing or interrogating, if you will, um, a career criminal, low-level criminal, but he had some interesting information. So it was her, uh, this uh, career criminal, Stacky Vincent, and Stacky's lawyer. And the, the interrogation got heated at a number of times, and I can remember those events very clearly from my own days uh, in that process. So I felt like it allowed me to put a lot of authenticity uh, into that scene and another one uh, that occurred a little bit earlier that set that one up. So, and, and as I think back on things, uh, I believe that there's even more stuff that I've been packing around for all these years uh, that uh, I hope again will come in handy like that. It's it's been a very useful, uh, a very useful episode uh, in my life. Oh, so a bit of muscle memory or brain muscle is working to make sure you've got the legal procedural details down. That's great since we know there are readers out there who look for missteps. But let's talk a bit about how you go about writing a story. Do you look to news reports for ideas? Or do your ideas come to you in dreams? And then how do you go about writing? Do you outline or are you a pantser? Carol, I'm not really sure uh, where my ideas come from. The idea for my first novel just sort of came shooting in out of the ether. And it, it took me a long time to write that book because I initially wrote the main character as a male but uh, sort of true to form, eventually this little voice in the back of my head said it needed to be a female character. Uh, how I got that done is another story and a long one, but it, it just seems to happen that uh, as I'm moving along, these ideas just sort of materialize out of nowhere. Um, and sometimes I write short stories that fit uh, a particular theme, if I'm aiming for an anthology or a uh, a particular project that uh, comes across in an open call for a story with uh, a particular theme or a particular idea behind it. 
But most of the time, it's just a case where these things seem to, to just sort of show up. I did have one idea that came to me in a dream, and it was just an image, and I didn't know what to do with it. It eventually turned into a story that uh, is out on submission now, and it had to do with uh, uh, a man who was looking for redemption in all the wrong places and eventually uh, had to confront his past uh, in, a, in a rather supernatural way. Uh, so that, that story was a bit out of the ordinary for me. As to whether I'm a plotter or I'm a pantser, I don't really know how to answer that question. I, I don't outline in any formal sense. I do know from the beginning what my destination is going to be. And I will, sometimes in writing, sometimes just in my head, I will <clears throat> describe the story to myself. I will tell myself, okay, this is where I want to end up. So... I have to have this scene that leads to that, and then I'll need to have these things that lead to that next thing. So I'm, I'm literally describing it to myself, scene by scene, and then I go back and translate the scenes from that basic description into a series of pieces of dialogue where the characters that animate those scenes uh, speak to one another. And from there, I can build the blocking, the, the movements, the expressions, the, the, the connecting rods that turn it from uh, a basic described idea that I start with uh, into a full-fledged scene. And then I just let it sit for a while and go back and work on it some more after that until it, it resembles something that someone might want to read someday. Those are really good questions. Thank you. It, it, it provoked a lot of thought uh, on my part. That was, that was interesting. And I was just telling my husband that you were giving me very thoughtful answers. Anyway, to continue on the theme of ideas and outlines, they say, whoever they are, that the middle of a story is the hardest part to write. Do you agree? If not, which part gives you the greatest trouble? Or shall we say challenge? That's a, a really interesting question. And it's forced me to stop and think about some things. Uh, I guess, Carol... I would have to say that for me, the challenge comes less from what part of the story I'm dealing with um, and more from how is it that I'm going to manage that fear factor that always, always comes when I'm trying to translate the descriptions of what I need to get down on paper into the actual scene itself. I have been at this for quite a few years now, but I still have a bit of stage fright when it comes to that part of the the composition of the story that requires me to uh, not just flesh out the, the elements of the scene, but to create using whatever words, metaphors, ideas I need to, to create the mood uh, whether it be fright or anxiety or outright fear or something uh, sweet or tender. I, I, I'm never, never really quite confident that I'm going to be able to pull that off. And as a result, I'm one of these strange people who seems to enjoy the editing part of something more than uh, the composition part because I have to I have to go through the first, second, third 
try to, to get what I'm looking for, then I have to leave it alone, and then I have to come back with it, and I'm constantly fiddling with it, constantly fiddling with it. A good bit of each day is working over what I've done the day before, as well as uh, plowing new ground. So I guess I guess it's just dealing with the fear, um, which, in a sense, I don't want that to go away even though it causes me some anxiety because it's also the thing that, that forces me to stay focused, to make sure that I'm not doing it wrong, to make sure that I'm, I'm somehow getting the thoughts and feelings that are inside my head and my heart uh, out on the paper so that I'm giving my readers the best chance to, to feel and think uh, whatever it is that was going through my head as I decided to to move into that area of the story. Thank you for that question. I hadn't, I hadn't really given it any thought until you sort of pushed me in that direction. Thank you. Well, then we have something in common. I also prefer the editing phase of a story. In fact, I call that first go-round, for lack of a better term, the vomit stage. I'll just pour everything out onto the page and then polish it later. Dozens of times, of course, until I think it's right. But let's talk about where you write. Are you a coffee shop writer, or do you have a special room in your home where you develop your stories? Or a treehouse? Carol, I'm glad to know that I'm not the only endless editor out there. Your comment about uh, putting things out and then going back over them dozens of times, that's how it works for me. It's uh, In the beginning, it's always just a, an approximation, and it seems like I have to beat these things into shape. But... Uh, I enjoy that, so that's sort of a good thing. As to where I write, I have an office in our house. It's a spare bedroom that I've converted into my little space, and that's where I do everything. I've tried writing in other places, like if I've been out on book tour, I've tried writing in hotel rooms or hotel restaurants, but for some reason, nothing works uh, except this one little private space, and uh, I've, I've had... Uh, a great time assembling things around me that uh, trigger the creative impulses. But I have to say, your idea of a treehouse sounds wonderful. If there were uh, ever such a thing in my backyard, I, I might move out there uh, during the day to see if I could get things done. That, that sounds like a very charming idea. Thank you. Roger, you live in the South. You're from the South. My image of that part of the country is that it's dripping with atmosphere. Spanish moss-draped trees, sultry air, a history of some of America's greatest writers, Faulkner, Eudora Welty, Carson McCullers. Do you ever imagine channeling these writers? Does their work influence you at all? Carol, I think everybody probably uh, who lives down here and has ever put pen to paper uh, has some hope of uh, channeling uh, any of the many literary giants who have come from this part of the country. Uh, whether that will actually happen, I don't know. I've read them, and I continue to. I'm, in fact, in the middle of uh, binge reading, uh, Cormac McCarthy, who uh, I would not necessarily classify as a Southerner, but who has certainly written about a certain part of the South uh, in a certain uh, era, uh, in a certain way, I think I look for literary techniques from anyone who's doing anything really well. So a lot of the great mystery writers like Raymond Chandler uh, and uh, others of his ilk 
really uh, call out to me. Um, at other times, I, I I find myself looking at other genres like horror and science fiction uh, to find new techniques and to sort of refresh my ideas. Uh, but uh, I guess the short answer to your original question is, yes, of course, uh, I would love to one day be able to say that uh, something I had done was uh, influenced in a good way, not a copy, but certainly an influence the way uh, everyone who learns from anyone who does something well uh, is willing to acknowledge uh, where they got the goods from. Let's change to a totally different subject now, Roger. You also write and speak about writing and career management for new authors. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Carol, thank you for asking this question. Uh, it's a question that brings up a point that is very near and dear to my heart. I uh, spent quite a lot of time and effort when I was out on the road promoting my first two books, uh, trying to make the biggest and best impression with those books uh, with the reading public as I possibly could. But there are a lot of opportunities out there that I didn't know about until they were gone. Uh, there were a lot of opportunities that I was working my way through and didn't understand how to get the best value out of them until I was deep within the experience and uh, couldn't really change course. So I as I spent all these months and months and months out there trying to make my books work as well as I could, I learned a lot. I took a lot of good notes, and I'm ready to pass that on to other authors. I've done some, uh, quite a bit of speaking on the subject. I've written some articles on the subject, and I'm now in the midst of writing a book, a handbook for new authors that will lead them through the process from around the time a contract to publish a book is signed or a decision to self-publish is made so that they know what is out there, how to find it, how to get the best out of it, when to start working on these things. Uh, I mean, as basic as how to find bookstores who will host an event, how to maximize your chances of getting into a bookstore, what the various types of events are, uh, what to do when you get there. The same with uh, things like uh, conferences and conventions and book fairs and book festivals. There's a lot out there. It's not easy to find out what it is, where it is, and how to take advantage of it in any organized way uh, that is all in one source. So that's my goal. I and a co-author are writing a book on this now. Uh, we're going to start pitching it pretty soon, and as I said earlier, this is a subject that's close to my heart. I got a lot of help along the way from other members of the writing community, and I want to give that back. I don't want to break that chain. There's a lot of good writing going on out there, and it, de it deserves uh, the best chance it can get, and the authors deserve the best chance they can get uh, to do the best with their books, and I want to do my part. Well, I, for one, will definitely be buying that book. Every time I publish, I learn yet another lesson, <clears throat> or three, about things I should have done. In fact, if you'd like another pair of eyes to look your book over, you know how to reach me, Roger. In the meantime, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing with us your writing life. I hope that we will meet one day and exchange experiences about writing setting and atmosphere in the South and in New England. Carol? 
Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I have enjoyed this immensely. Thank you, thank you. And I hope that uh, I don't make you regret your offer to run your eyes over the book that I and my co-author are writing, The Handbook for New Authors, because I'm certainly going to take you up on that. And I, too, hope that someday our paths cross. I'd love to talk about writing, and I'd love a chance to shake your hand personally for uh, this lovely invitation. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Thank you again, Roger. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please join me next time for Episode 15 of Murder We Write. Who will our guest be? That's the mystery. Short Cast Club.